Welcome to episode 20 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, some Heart of Steel this week. Yeah. Are these good? Are these good episodes? They were fine. Yeah. I I, I tried to, to analyze it from a different perspective than just robots. Okay. Because like, obviously the, the whole plot of this episode, of this two-part episode is... Robots robots yeah. the ai taking over 2001 space odyssey batman verse hal 9000 yeah so on and so forth they're really obvious about their the references aren't they yeah uh which is fine i mean this is a time if you think about it this is i assume this came out mid 93 i didn't look at the date on this one uh i didn't look at it either uh oh but i have it up on imdb oh, oh. my god wow sometimes i'm prepared and sometimes i'm not wow. today i'm prepared november of 92 wow so th- they made this early yeah this must have been one of their earliest episodes well and you so i mean because it what started in september 92 but yeah. they weren't releasing them on a weekly basis and they were releasing them like every few days and they also came oh, in that's a, true. there was I a weird order that. yeah this is episode 38 i think so 38 or 39 for us it I says episode so. 39 imdb so i think it might have been also a little ways in but still like yeah i mean even 30 plus episodes were only a few months in chronologically from when the series started yeah so uh, but I, I, I wasn't talking about from the series. I was talking about from the kind of entertainment standpoint. This is oh, post okay. Terminator one and two. Uh, uh, I just double checked. Terminator two was 91. <laughs> Terminator two was 91. Isn't that crazy? I thought it was 92. So I thought it was 94 to be honest. Oh my God. No. Uh, yeah, I just looked it up. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so is, we are well into the yeah. robo. No, I don't want to say Renaissance. No, but... not yet. I don't know. Have we had one? I don't, I don't I think don't so. Know. I just, for alliteration's sake, I wanted to say yeah. Robo Renaissance. But we've seen good AI themed movies at this point. Yes. So we kind of know what to expect in the early 90s. And it's also great to see how far we've come with this kind of subgenre of sci fi. Yeah, I guess things have evolved quite a bit. And we'll, we'll we'll kind of get to the all those specific references at the end. But my God, this thing, this ep, these two episodes just smack you in the face with. I love it with references. Did you not love it? I love it. I, I know love I did actually because like... it was as a little bit of like some of it for me was doing some research and like looking up things I didn't necessarily know. Uh, some of it was really obvious. So like even right from the beginning, have you seen Metropolis? The I nineteen thirty eight. 38, right. 39, yeah, Fritz yeah. Lang. I haven't. I know of it. I know okay. it was a huge influence on I, I've never every seen, sci-fi film. Yeah, I've never seen it in its entirety, but I've seen the opening. Mm-hmm. And literally the opening shot of this episode is a reference to the opening shot of Metropolis. Is with it? Pe- of with people it is. just like mindlessly like drones, humans, mindlessly as drones, like walking out of the building in this case when Enterprises. Uh, except for one sexy lady. We know she's sexy because the music tells us. Yep. Uh, she leaves a suitcase behind. Uh, the suitcase is a cool little spider-like robot that has the most amazing. It's a, it's better than the utility belt. Oh my god! Yeah, this it thing is, has everything. Yeah, it's got like what six robot I, arms. I it's it, got an eye. It's got knockout gas, a rocket grappling hook, yep. uh, a laser, a camera, uh, four to six limbs. I didn't. I didn't I actually it was count six. That was the max I saw, I think. But yeah, uh, and then an actual fucking rocket. An actual fucking rocket. Yeah, and it still works as a briefcase. Yeah, that's right. It's a fully functional briefcase. Yeah. Like, lest we forget. Right. Which, I mean, I guess technically Batman's utility belt is a functional belt, but not really. Well, it's just a onesie, isn't it? That's true. No, it, it's a two-piece. Is it a two-piece? Yeah, I mean, that's how we can get, like, Batman uh, with pants on, no shirt, still wearing his mask. Oh, I guess like, that's, that's true. That's the classic look. I forgot about that. Which we'll get to, especially when we get to Ra's Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to have the Ra's versus Raish argument. <laughs> oh, that is going to be good. <laughs> that's going to be very good. So, <laughs> the the robot breaks into wayne r&d it steals some chips it trips an alarm rather than let himself be locked away in the security office by wayne security bruce goes through a revolving door in the corner which is awesome highly convenient yeah he tussles with the robot uh which makes its way up onto the roof Mm -hmm. and it escapes through the previously mentioned literal rocket built into the middle of it yes shoots off we presume with the chips uh batman pursues with a conveniently stashed glider Mm -hmm. on the rooftop of wayne enterprises my question is how does he keep up this is a a full-on rocket firing full speed towards the beaches of gotham i don't know and he's on a hang glider yeah a, a 
non-propelled one, right. mind you, either. Which I've, I've always... They rectify that with the, the redesign of the animation and has an actual rocket pack on it. Yeah. I've never really quite understood the point of the glider in this because a glider is not a speedy means of transportation no. nor an easy maneuverable one. I would see it as like if it was inside the bat plane... And he yeah. needed kind of just like to switch angles really fast. Like a quick deploy. Yeah. Or I like needed to get on the ground fast and there wasn't yeah. like a landing thing. Yeah. Or there's again, an episode in the redesign where uh, a glider can launch out of the roof of the Batmobile. Like that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. as like a secondary means. Right. Not as a primary way of getting no. around. So that I don't know how he does it either. Cause you are right. He follows the rocket, which has landed out on the beach on the cliffs of Gotham. We can mm-hmm. zoom a few miles away. Uh, sexy lady from before picks up the rocket. Again, we assume it's filled with the chips that were stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, when Batman does appear somehow miraculously, yeah, he's already there. He's already there. He gets shot out of the sky mm-hmm. by some automatic guns in the trunk of her car. And then we find out that the chips were pro. I had to write this down. Prototype protein silicone wafer chips, AKA wetware, mm-hmm. which are the cutting edge AI chips i didn't quite understand how this works exactly i guess the ai technology or the the chips are capable of ai yeah so so what so it sounds if it's full of like proteins i assume it's like semi well to create the body of ai yeah to create an organic body for ai yeah whereas the villain that we're about to meet he focuses on the brains of ai so i thought these were needed for the brains it was unclear i was very confused about what relationship the chips had in the end of the day, I think they were plot contrivances. Yeah, because it seemed like the villain kind of already had everything. Yeah, he yeah, needed. you need. I don't know. I don't know what changed once he got these things. But anyways, they're they're cutting edge. They are. You cannot recreate them though without their design specs. You can only use the ones they have. Mm-hmm. And the only two companies doing AI research are Wayne Enterprises and then Carl Rossum's team out at uh, Cybertron Industries. Yep. There is a shitload of sci-fi references in that phrase alone that I will get to at the end. <laughs> Cybertron. So yeah, the Cybertron being the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. Just why be subtle? We meet Barbara for the first time in the series, and uh, which is kind of weird when Bruce and Barbara meet when we know that later on they're going to date. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I I just kind of just put it out of my mind for the most part. I was yeah. more focused on uh, you know uh, Commissioner Gordon's turn of character in this whole scene, where he's always kind of the the oh, stiff. Yeah. Like man in charge, he always holds power. Mm-hmm. But in this scene, it's very much the typical, like you know, his daughter, his only daughter is off to college. He's more vulnerable. He still sees her as a child. Yeah, so he's constantly bringing along that teddy bear. He's a softy. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it, no, it is a nice little moment. The whole series always, I think, played well with their dynamic. Yeah, um, and get some really cool stuff with it again in the redesign, which is my favorite era. So, but we got some Barbara in there now, mm-hmm. and uh, Bruce visits Cybertron and meets Hardak. I don't remember what that acronym so nope, far. It's it like down. holographic android recycling data, uh, and I don't know, what I what I really enjoyed see. about this this whole scene because right before you meet Hardak, he's walking through Rossum's uh, office, mm-hmm. and all you see all the other robots. And oh, yeah. those were awesome. I loved the design of all of them. They're like, it's a cross between the Jetsons mm-hmm. and Iron Giant. Yeah. And I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cause like with the Iron Giant, a little bit of that kind of Fleischer era, Superman mm-hmm. retro future. Um, retro futuristic. It's my favorite art style. It is. And it's an awesome art style. And then you're absolutely right. The very Jetsons too, with like the coffee machine built into the lamp and yeah. the like automatic foot massage built into the ottoman uh but yeah it's, i i love just kind of the design and my favorite kind of robot comes at the end of the episode so we'll talk about him when we get to it oh i think i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah i think uh, yeah, a, yeah a, we meet hardack yeah we meet hardack uh, uh who is clear like if we didn't already suspect he might be evil from the Hell 9000 eye and the Tesla coils mounted on his head like devil horns, mm-hmm. once again, the score tells it for us. Yeah. <laughs> Music made it very obvious in this episode. Very, very, very obvious. We, at the same time, also meet uh, Rossum's assistant, Rhonda Dwayne, 
clearly the lady from before. We we also get to see that there's some something's being built, some sort of mechanical hand. Again, very reminiscent of the Terminator, even just from like the arm. We quickly learned that Rhonda couldn't get the wetware specs. So again, there we go. Confirmation's evil, and she's working with the robot. And to cover their trail, Hardak decides to make a duplicate. Who did you think that was going to be? Initially, I thought it was going to be Bruce. I did, too. Did but it? then you saw the gray hair. Okay, like, oh, I guess Gordon. I, I missed the gray hair entirely. I thought I mm-hmm. saw black hair. I guess I just assumed it was going to be Bruce. So they, Well, because he was so muscular. He was jacked. Yeah. Which, I mean, Gordon's in shape, but he's not. No, he's not Bruce-level fit. that kind of shape. Yeah, because the shot, it shows, like, like the chest. Yeah. It shows uh, almost the whole body, and then the second shot is you see the leg kind of step in yeah it's a very sturdy calf it's it's yo it's a serious calf he's got those uh those like upper crotch v yep the adonis muscles i don't know what they're actually called i think they're called adonis muscles uh, yeah i don't yeah. know but he, yeah, he's got those mm-hmm. not easy and to then come it by. zooms up and you see the the white hair and mustache you're like this wait, is they, not what i was expecting wait did they actually show his face in that moment uh, i thought they were te- i thought they left it as a tease you see the silhouette and i feel like you I feel like I saw the mustache and the silhouette. Oh, I don't see. I don't. Or the hair. You saw the hairstyle. That's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. I, maybe I just wasn't paying close attention. I thought it was like the the smoke, the wisps. Because I I thought it was Bruce up until the point where they are at his house mm-hmm. and that uh, Gordon and Barbara are talking and the robot shows up and replaces Gordon with the robot and then is being all weird and mm-hmm. cold and creepy and distant with her. So moving not so swiftly along, Rhonda leaves a compact robot behind in Bruce's office because they're mm-hmm. going to have dinner. Uh, I say it's a compact robot because it is both small in size and is in the form of a makeup compact. Oh, I didn't know that was, that's yeah. what that was called. Yeah. I was, I'm like, it's not a compact disc. I don't know where he's going with it. I know, right? No, I don't know. It's a makeup compact. Look at you. You know your stuff. But the little robot tries to break into Bruce's computer until the specs... Turns out they're actually decoy specs, and the real ones are at Wayne Manor, where mm-hmm. Rhonda is now hidden away. Or she's, no, sorry. She's there having a date with Bruce. Bruce leaves. Yeah. And it's nice to to go back to the 90s and just be like, hey, I know we're on a date, but you just stay at my place. You just chill here. I'll be back. I mean, if I had a mansion, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't work the same in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> no, no, it definitely doesn't. Can you like tell my lack of interest in this episode as I'm explaining it? I feel a like little, I, I feel like I can. It's it, this was an odd epi- an odd two parter. I'm glad it was two parts just because it was like I didn't want the storyline to be. Condensed. It'd be hard to do in one. Yeah, but I feel like I have so much of just plot to cover. Well, just compared to every other two parter, yeah, that have been the birth of a great villain because you know we had Cat and Claw, we had Clayface, we had Two Face, and then we have. And a Hardock, lot, yeah, who's kind of a villain sometimes. Sometimes, and I know that this is pretty common that there, when there's two parters, that narratively the first one has to do a lot of work for this yeah. second one to set up, and um, it's always like tons of plot, and then the second episode is tons of action. action. Yeah, because that's what I noticed. This, even in the other two parters, there is an action sequence. I guess we had the very the opening scene. The opening scene, which is it's like a decently constructed action sequence. Mm-hmm. But like for the purposes of summary, I have so much other plot to get through that I can't even like get into the juiciness of that fight. Which is actually I because I paused it like right when it wrapped. It's like an eight minute sequence. It's almost half the oh, episode yeah. is just the opening. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is just dense exposition, which you listeners now get to enjoy uh muddled and in a monotone we're voice. doing a great job no we, we got it so but, where were we we were but so bruce is gone for the manor Rhonda knocks alfred out with a little electric zapper thing this is two episodes in a row where alfred gets knocked out you got knocked out in oh we got like chloroformed or something right yeah. out at out of the the palm springs place mm-hmm. i forgot about that you're right this, this is sad this is two for he's he's earning his bonus is what he's doing that yeah that's yeah he probably true. gets a serious hazard pay bonus Especially after this. Honestly, I'm sure Alfred runs Bruce's bank accounts. He could just like, whenever he just wants money, he's He's like, yeah, I'm going to give myself transfer. Yeah. So, but he's out for the count. Rhonda uses x-ray specs and finds the entrance to the bat cave. Yep. Uh, That Bruce is Batman. And she's a robot. So she has no real motion about it. And she passed that along to Hardak. But I kind of felt like that would have been the good time to cut the episodes. Like that's kind of a, that's a big cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Like 
I feel like we suspect that she's a robot at this point. We know that she's working with Hardak, and we suspect she's a robot. We don't know it completely. Right. So as far as we know, someone has just found out his secret. I guess kind of kills the idea because the last episode we had someone learn a secret. Because I was going to say, like, it's a huge thing when yeah. like when someone learns it, but like, oh, wait, but someone already has, when, and they really if, downplayed it last time, so if I it's don't the, feel... Right, but if it's the end of a cliffhanger, though, yeah. that's pretty big. Like, for me, that's an interesting point to do the cliffhanger ending. Instead, what they do here is she connects the back computer to Hardak, which sabotages the computer. Mm-hmm. When Batman arrives, he goes into the cave, and he is picked up off the ground by the like mechanical grip arms that he uses to repair the glider, and that's where it cuts. They choose to break up a two-part episode on a weak commercial break cliffhanger well i think it just you needed to see batman in peril for them to be a cliffhanger because i'm trying to remember the other one because two-face the cliffhanger was the two him, the, him running out of the window yeah it's like a dramatic moment though right yeah that's, that's not a like oh someone's in peril like like oh this is like a it's a game-changing moment i feel mm-hmm. like in a lot of their two-parters and this one it's yeah Clayface. you see him melting in the car yeah whereas uh i don't remember cat and claw like robin's reckoning is him leaving oh, the Batcave, right. being like this is the last time i'm ever gonna listen to bruce like they all end on these cool dramatic i think that's hooks. what it was because she's an emotionless robot they didn't have that kind I, of emotion behind you know, that scene i guess not the emotion but they still have dramatic weight i think mm-hmm. i think it's more so than him being mm-hmm. in the grips of a mechanical dolly more yeah or less um Real quick before we go into our next episode, uh, this is probably going to cut in the promo. So, okay. You like podcasts with themes and purpose? Love them. Me neither. Oh. That's why we created the Potato Potato Podcast. You mean Potato Potato. Sure. Great. Then check out our show. Every week we have a special guest from the world of improv and entertainment. We promise we won't stay on topic. And with some help from the human bag of garbage intern Rich. We're best friends. Nope. Nope. And the voice of reason Sam. You're doing this ad wrong. We make a show that somehow makes sense. We've been told this show's like hanging out with your best friends, but let's be honest, your best friends are kind of jerks. Yeah. So check us out every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network. And that was the promo, guys. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> see? Hope you enjoyed your first commercial. Yeah. But anyways, let me see if I can get through part two relatively fast here. Uh, he easily escapes from mechanical arms, as he would. This is the thing that bugged me for a second. Mm-hmm. Just, just quick side note yeah, on please. this. Please. Bruce builds all this stuff, right? Yeah. So he he would know. So so for the for the people who didn't watch this episode, he basically gets out of the trap, lifts up the, the front panel, and you see all the innards, all the wiring. Yeah. So he knows which wire breaks it. Oh, you're right. He didn't need to rip every single rips, one out. He rips them all out. Because Alfred is going to be the one who has to repair this. Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> he's such a dick. So that that really upset me because you see like three prominent wires. I'm like, oh, it's going to be the classic like, which one is it? No, it's just all of them. Just pull all those things out. Hop down on the ground. Done and dusted. Yep. Done, dusted. That's Alfred, right. go fix that. Yeah, go fix that for me, will you? And mop up the floor too while you're at it. So Bruce is free again. Uh, Robo Gordon sends Bullock to Cybertron to do some investigating. So we know mm-hmm. what's going to happen with him. Rossum tries to basically take Hardak down because Hardak's gone too far. Mm-hmm. So Hardak knocks him out. Then both Mayor Hill and Rossum are replaced with duplicates. That is their actual name, by the way. I wasn't sure if that was true or not. Duplicates, yeah. Duplicates. So there's now four. Yeah, and uh, it, specifically it's a duplicate because it's a riff off of replicants from Blade Runner. But Barbara knows something's up because Gordon's being really weird. So she uses the bat signal to bring Copy. Batman in, tells him that something's going on with her dad, and whoever that is, it's not her dad. Yeah, and Robo Bullock yep. shows up. Uh, scuffle. Yeah, I I I kind of liked the fight. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll I'll finish the scene. So the. <laughs> The fight, it's uh, Batman basically versus a robot. Barbara's pushed to the side, and he's kind of losing to this. Barbara finally jumps in, helps, pulls him. She grapples Bullock. Yeah, into the bat signal, and he gets electrified. Yeah. and Well, she's upset. Well, think yeah. about that. That's her, basically her uncle. Like, yeah. it's it's Gordon's partner. She's not, known not him. partners. For, well, they were. Well, no, at one point, I don't think they were partners. You watch the Gotham TV series. <laughs> I don't. Um, they work together. They're close. They're they, they're coworkers with maybe some bits of affection, some begrudging affection. Okay, but I mean, they've been working together for yeah. a while. I mean, so her, she knows him. Well, yeah, she's just upset because she just killed a guy. Yeah, as far as she knows. And then his. I mean, what do you think was going to happen? Pulling him off of a roof into the bat signal. 
I don't think she was aiming for the bat signal. Oh, well, what else was he going to fucking fall? Like, it was the right crown? there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the then the skin kind of not like turns to Burks ash off of it. Yeah. Yeah. And robot innard pop up and yeah. Batman just cuts its head off. Yep. Easy enough. Because, uh, you know, that works with robots too. Uh, the scene that I wanted to talk about really fast because it, this scene like genuinely terrified me for it being a children's show is when Rossum is trying to dismantle HAL 9000. Oh, yeah. And he gets vaporized. And you see, like, so you, you see, like, the, the Tesla coils turn into this uh, like, red energy beam yeah. that they then shoot at Rossum. And it's the direct hit. The whole screen goes red. He starts, like, flipping out. I'm like, oh, shit, they're killing him. It does look like they're going to sizzle They're to straight death. up, like, he's going to explode. Yeah. And then he just falls down. And they're like, oh, you've knocked out Master. Yeah. I'm like, no, you didn't knock him right. out. <laughs> He's fucking dead. Yeah, you push the limits of his mortality right there. Yeah. He got seriously zapped. I thought he was just going to straight up get vaporized, like just disappear yeah. from the scene. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. That would have pushed things in a totally different, interesting direction. Yeah. Then these robots would have been a real serious threat, not just a mild nuisance. Yeah. Um, uh, so so getting back to the, yeah, the story, so, but, uh, Barbara knows that something's happening at... Cybertron, she uses her detective skills to get in. Well, hang on. There's more. What did I miss? Uh, Bruce goes to the, like, the Gotham Club. And oh. he's, he's attacked by Hill and a whole bunch of other duplicates. Uh, and he basically just drops an elevator on them to yeah. get away. But, I mean, I, I will give it, it's like kind of a decent-ish action sequence. Yeah. Um, it's another instance of uh, Bruce going to an elevator and instantaneously changing into his Batman suit. Yeah. Time to get into action. But you're right. Once well, you know, all the, he has a hidden compartment in every elevator in every Gotham. Every building in Gotham. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, he's building them all, so I guess it works. Yeah. But yes, you're right. Then from there, Barbara uses some pretty sweet detective skills mm-hmm. to break into Hardak. Um, and then I think, is this well, the robot? Well, to Cybertron. Right, yeah, Cybertron. Yeah. Is this the robot you want to talk yes. about? Yes. The okay, trash talk. can robot is so cool. It is really cool. It's a straight-up Transformer. Yeah. It's, it's an Iron Giant Transformer. Yeah, because it... it it starts out like kind of a bullet-shaped garbage can. Yeah. and Very Art Deco. Yeah. Initially, it just like has a little little eye and some wheels. Mm-hmm. And you think that's just it. But that's not it, Cameron. What does it do? No. It straight up transforms. Yeah. It, you see, like, I just loved how the, the sequence of it transforming, like, you know, typical head comes up. And then you see the normal arms pop out. But then the sides just kind of like pop out and mm-hmm. flip and re- i'm not going to describe the whole thing because i can't do it justice yeah but it maybe we'll try and find was, a gif we'll, we'll post it or something i'm sure we can find it yeah uh i really enjoyed this like it was it played such a small role in the episode because batman comes in and just knocks it out immediately yeah like they're super easy to take down but it is a really cool design and yeah and i feel like if we if we ever mentioned sky captain the world tomorrow on this podcast i feel like we must have at some point i don't think so okay I haven't Man, watched it in a long time. I was, was going to say, mainly because I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I see. You would actually really That's what like I keep, it. I keep hearing. I watched the first 15 minutes, but that was like two in the morning and I fell asleep. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I'm not going to say it's necessarily good, mm-hmm. um, but the, for the production design alone, and by that basically just mean the visual effects because it's all done on green screen. Yeah. It is incredible. And it is filled with robots just like the sort of stuff you're seeing. Yeah. It, it's, it's retro futurism. It's yeah. all about you know, the 1960s depiction of no, like 1930s. Cause I, f- I feel like the 1960s depiction be like the Jetsons. This is like going back further than that. So, so to like the, um, um what's the super famous broadcast, uh, war of the worlds. Was what? that the one broadcast? The there's the, uh, might be later in the, in the time, but it's when the aliens come. The yeah, war, war of the worlds, worlds. the Orson Welles war of the worlds broadcast. Am I thinking of, I think of something else? Okay, because that, yeah, that was, um, well, that was radio, so that would have been pre-visual. I said broadcast. That means, that can be both audio. Yeah, but War of the Worlds was audio. Yeah, I was, I was going for audio. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to see robots on that. Broadcast doesn't specifically mean visual, but does it? Well, no, you can, it's a radio broadcast. How can you have a visual inspiration from an audio medium? No, 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 forget it. (laughs) Continue on with this. Okay. 
I think I kind of get what you're saying, but um, I'm just going to be a real technical shit about it. That's fine. Because yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I don't know, and I really like being technically right. Uh, so. so Barbara <laughs> is apprehended by the trash can robot. Yep. Batman comes in, knocks out both of the trash can robots immediately. And then we finally learn the plan, the overall yes. plot, which we basically already kind of knew. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, robot takeover. Robot takeover. Basically, uh, after Rossum's daughter died in a car accident, he was bothered by basically human mistakes, the fallibility of humans. So he had this idea of replacing them with people. But he he kind of built Hardak and never intended to go anywhere. And then Hardak went much further with it and was like, oh, I'm actually going to replace humans with robots. Perfect, perfect robots that don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But he still needs to keep the humans alive to learn to study them yeah i guess yeah because everyone who's been replaced the four guys have been replaced including gordon or just stashna but where are they so we saw tank. two other robots fight bruce in that former scene yeah were they I don't know where they are but but i think not all of them are necessarily based on real based on they could people, just be generic right yeah i mean because we never see that there's a, a human version of Rhonda. That's true. So I guess some of them are original robots. I'm pretty sure it was Marilyn Monroe was the original version. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Blonde with the mole. Did you... Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> assuming you've seen the 90s Parent Trap. The Lindsay Lohan one? Yeah. Yeah. She reminds me of the uh, fiancé in that who's... The, I should remember that actress's name because I like her a lot, okay. but I, I forget her name. I kind of know. Yeah, I don't know. I vaguely remember who it's that is. very specific point of reference, but that's who she reminded me of. But yeah, take us out to the end here because... Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Hardak reveals his plan, and he six, six to four robots on Bruce, Bruce, or on Batman, Batman beats him up, hmm. uh, he breaks open the case, it's holding all the original humans, Barbara gets them all outside, she runs back in to save Bruce, Bruce, in his typical fashion, is blowing everything up. Yep, whole place is going up in uh, flames. Yeah, Hardak explodes, Gordon, I love that, this, like, short moment where Gordon screams, to the building because he doesn't think Barbara's getting out. Yeah. And you see that pure moment of like, it's like oh. pain. Yeah. And then obviously she's out. She's carrying Batman. Everything's okay. Uh, it's kind of, that's the it. end. That's basically yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like these episodes are kind of held in high regards. I don't, I guess there's some cool design elements in them, mm-hmm. but I feel like even for a two parter, it's kind of forgettable. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the best thing it does is, set up the groundwork for Batgirl later. And I think it does it really well. Actually. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the whole point of it. Yeah. But it was the subplot, but I guess I've just, we've had so many other episodes that do that kind of multitasking mm-hmm. better than this. Yeah. Especially over two episodes. Like I see what you're saying. There's a little too much going on here for it to just be one, but it, I think it stretches it, the credulity of being a two part. What would have made it better is if in part two, she somehow donned the Batgirl costume. Uh, I disagree, actually. I like that it's all just kind of set up. I think that would have been too okay. much. When we, she eventually does become Batgirl, that is a two-parter. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that the little bit of groundwork they did. She's like, oh, this is fun. I could do this again mm-hmm. sort of thing. I just... Yeah, I and you see the detective skills. And- yeah, that she actually just got some smarts. Yeah, overall, kind of forgettable, though. Mm-hmm. But I did make a list, though. Of all the sci-fi reference. references, it's a shitload. Uh, Did the just a quick question before you jump into the list? Yeah, that like really creepy crab walk. Is that a reference to another robot? Oh, like the briefcase in the crab walk? No, no, no. The robots oh. when they would spread out. Oh, yeah. Because I know oh, Grievous I does that seen... in Star Wars Episode Three, but I, you know that's right. twelve years later. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it somewhere else. I couldn't tell you where, but you're right. It is because that really made me like cringe okay i, I hated those yeah it's it's a, it's, it's a weird disconcerting thing i didn't know specifically of another point of reference and i didn't see one specifically mentioned okay but it is a funky thing um also it's in digimon the movie from 1999 but again that's okay well that explains later. why i wouldn't have known that and also summer wars but I'll, I'll talk about summer wars in a minute okay <laughs> i don't know what any of these things are but uh i did like i said recognize the metropolis opening mm-hmm. uh obviously 2001 a space odyssey because yep. Hardak is clearly based off of hell. Uh, I mentioned the Flash or Superman with the retro style robots. Yeah. So big, big kind of pull of inspiration. Oh, there. yeah. Um, one of the big ones is so Carl Rossum, the name mm-hmm. combination of the name of uh, Czech playwright Carl Capic, Chopic. Yeah. Sure fuck that up. Yeah. 
whose play R U R from nineteen twenty is credited of coining the word robot. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty big one um, mm-hmm. right there. Obviously, like I mentioned before, Transformers, Cybertron, very clear Terminator references. You know, as you pointed out, this is right after Terminator Two. So mm-hmm. the endoskeletons look like the endoskeletons of Terminator. Hardak is very clearly similar to Skynet. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, I think Blade Runner is the most obvious ones. Mm-hmm. So they're referred to as duplicants versus replicants in the show. And then the voice of Carl Rossum, William Sanderson, played the designer of the robots, of the replicants in Blade Runner. Oh, that's cool. So like they were really clearly going for some very specific references yeah. to Blade Runner. Which I actually haven't seen. Neither have I. I also don't know which one to watch because I've heard like... Don't watch the theatrical cut. Watch the director's cut. There's like two or three. I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's, I think, four different versions. Four different cuts. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm hoping that as we get closer to. I own one of them. If we I, I do, too, it. actually. I, I, have, I think I own all four, like a collected edition. Oh, perfect. I, I'm hoping that as we get closer to uh, Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. it, someone says, oh, this is the version you should watch before going and seeing the yeah. new one. I'm sure Nerdist will post an article about it. Yeah. We'll just have to sit and wait. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Twitter. Help us out here. Uh, and then I think one other big reference would have been Westworld and Future World, not just in the fact that there are robots in human guise, mm-hmm. but that specifically Future World, the sequel to Westworld, the movie, mm-hmm. not the TV show, uh, that was the whole plot, was to replace high-ranking political global figures with robots. Yeah. That's clearly what they're going on here. So I'm surprised there's no Asimov references. Yeah, I didn't no any i didn't doing my research on it i didn't see any specific ones i mean i haven't i only know like asimov's three rules of robotics and i don't remember what they are god off the top of my head it's um cannot hurt a human yeah um and it must obey i think a human i don't i don't i just know that the big one was can't hurt a human yeah Maybe can't go against orders. I think was one Something of them. Like I don't know, I'm just f- trying to remember the plot of iRobot. I know like, right? he breaks all three of them, and I don't remember because the the whole yeah the whole plot of iRobot is they think this robot killed him. Yeah, and like a robot can't do that. He has to follow Asimov's three rules of robotics. But he did kill him. Spoiler I don't remember alert! For, the ending of spoiler alert for a ten year old mediocre sci fi film. It's fourteen years old. Oh, okay. Isn't that isn't that weird? Is that really fourteen? Wait, it came out two thousand three. I remember correctly. Shit. Yeah. Oh my God. That's weird. I don't want to think about that. Same year that uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire came out. Well, hey, that's a <laughs> cultural touchstone. And I would not have been my ass. So <laughs> I'm glad you had it. Those are all like the the references I had. Did you have other specific robot things? Uh, no, you you caught all of them. You caught more than I thought of. Okay. There wasn't that much to talk about, I feel like, in this episode, sadly. What I So I, I brought it up at the beginning of the episode. The kind of cultural sh- not shift but the cultural evolution of this subgenre of the ai mm-hmm. uh is there one ai movie that you think stands out above the rest um, anywhere for like you know before or after this episode i mean it's hard i mean god terminator 2 is mm-hmm. that's kind of a hard one to top because that movie is so good and it still holds up so well. And like especially yeah. the effects on it are better now or better then than they, a lot of movies are now. Yeah. It's got so much dramatic weight to it and heart. That's, I think that's gotta be one of the bests. Like, yeah. Bests. You like that? I think there are other more interesting to say like visual movies to pick up on and mm-hmm. uh, kind of the, the robotic genre movies wise. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one of the best. And obviously mm-hmm. we, we talked about Westworld, the show before, love that mm-hmm. but i don't know what about you one character specifically yeah of course um well, i was kind of going to the opposite idea of um not a physical ai but the movie that always stands out to me even though i don't think it was well acclaimed critically but i really enjoyed and it definitely put a little fear in me was eagle eye the shia labeouf 2006 movie wait shit seriously yeah the okay i've never seen it all i know is that it is oh don't a, judge me don't give me that is, judgment to look if you haven't a, seen it well one it's a shia labeouf movie and yes two, but it's a good concept two, it is a shameless rip off of better hitchcock films is what i've read about it that it's basically like the man who knew too much but shitty well, I've never seen The Man Who Knew Too Much. Does, and doesn't it even end in like a big opera house or something, like a big concert hall? Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, in the White ex- House. Okay, well, th- that is the exact ending of The Man Who Knew Too Much, is the whole thing comes to a culmination in this. Well, it's not kind of one man. I like it because it's, it, for me, it's the movie that gave me the idea of the eye in the sky, that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, someone is always watching you. You know what? You are right. There can be good bits of film in otherwise horrible movies. It wasn't that bad of a movie. You haven't even <laughs> seen it. I I I'm not even gonna bother to go. go and no, I see I. It. Like I said, it's the, it's the first kind of movie that put the idea of you know constant. I'm, I assume it's gonna have like a six out of ten. Yeah, probably. Um, the first movie that that really kind of like maybe look at cameras and see like, oh, everything I'm doing is being monitored, and that's a little odd. And what would happen if? You know, someone was able to control those cameras mm-hmm. and control all of that knowledge. They can uh, manipulate like good old Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Probably won't watch it, but uh, but that is fair. Compared to the other movies I had on my, because I wrote down all the ones that kind of first came to mind. What better movies of, did you skip over in favor of Eagle Eye? Well, obviously Terminator 2001. I, I like iRobot more. Summer I, Wars. I like it. I was entertained by it, but I can acknowledge mm-hmm. that it's not that great. There is an anime movie called Summer Wars, mm-hmm. which for the people who haven't seen it, which I'm sure is everyone. Yeah. Uh, it was a is. very small release film, but it's beautiful. It's one of the prettiest animated films I've seen. Similar idea to Eagle Eye, but being inside the internet, like everything you're doing is being monitored. Okay. And what happens when one creature, it's like a virus gets hold of all this information and uses it against you. But it's cool because people like go into the internet and fight the virus. And it's, if anyone's seen the Digimon movie, it's pretty much the exact same story, but prettier, which I'm, you're looking at me like you haven't seen it. You know what Digimon is, right? I know of Digimon. That's all, that's all I ask of you. Okay. I, I at least know of it. I don't know anything about it. That's fine. It's Pokemon, but uh worse different okay <laughs> i don't think worse uh what do you think is the run tomato score of eagle eye eagle eye oh, 42 wow you were generous is it 20 26 dang <laughs> i enjoy shia labeouf all right i i actually will defend the first transformers movie mm-hmm. uh i have heard that disturbia is actually really good even though that's yeah, basically just me out, uh, yeah. a remake of rear window which is one of my all-time favorite films yeah oh, rear window is great i have seen you that have one. To, okay i have seen that one okay good that that, one's great. that's because those would be some fighting words there mm-hmm. I, rear window is one of my all-time favorites yeah um well i actually once taught a lecture on rear window which oh, was, wow. really, was really fun to do um that has nothing to do with anything um what was the other oh i was gonna say my favorite quote like the first quote that i ever memorized was a shia LaBeouf quote this was what is life if you don't pull down your pants and slide on the ice is that from like even stevens, it is from even okay. stevens. <laughs> i guess uh, never watched even stevens see that's why that's why you have this disdain towards shia LaBeouf. No, it's his modern work that makes me have a disdain for him. There's, there's a, a really interesting video that I'll send to you after this. Is it, it actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf? No. The music video where he cameos as himself, and it's actually like my favorite thing he's ever done? No, okay. but it, it kind of... It's really funny. It doesn't... It describes why he's doing what he's doing now, and it's a very specific art movement that he's trying to bring into the public eye. It kind of gave me context of what he's doing. He's not just straight up being crazy like I was afraid of. Or my favorite theory that I kind of made up myself is that this is all one big movie that's going to come out in like five years and it's going to be like the actual like fall of a, of a star. Oh, okay. What's the last thing he was in? Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Oh, fuck if I even know. Oh, uh, actually, okay. To his credit, apparently he was in a movie or he is in a movie, American Honey, came out this last year. Oh, that's right. Which actually apparently is really, really good. I haven't watched it because it's like three hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not, not the biggest fan. I, I can tell. Yeah. He'll probably end up in the DC Comics universe at some point. I hope so. He almost did. He was almost in Suicide Squad. Oh, that this, made this is a, so this is a real thing. He was almost in uh, Scott Eastwood's role of like the military sidekick to Rick Flagg. Okay. In that movie, which, well, because he worked with David Ayer on Fury. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's good in that too, actually. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's capable of being good. Yeah, he's fine. He's capable. You're just but, looking at all the negatives. Well, that's what I do. It's just, it's one of my superpowers. <laughs> it's fine. But, uh, um, looping it back to Batman and continuing on my, my bad idea train, I had the most sappy idea of the reason the 
the reasoning behind the title of this episode. Okay. Uh, uh, Heart of Steel. And it's not about robots. It's about it's about Barbara's determination of doing good. Okay. Isn't hey. that, right? Right? Isn't that good? <laughs> I, uh, it's a two-part title. Why do I? Oh, go on. I don't know why. I'm, uh, why? What? What's? What? For the people at home, if you can't tell, I have the biggest smile on my face. Really, I'm so proud of that. It really, it really does. Okay. Why? Real quick, before we get on another business, Why? Why? Because it's the heart, you know, it's... But you said it's a two-part title. What's the other part? It being robots made of steel. Oh, oh it's a double meaning. That's what I meant, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's kind of fair. Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, I guess. Yeah, I'm just trying to loop it back. You know, what better <laughs> segue than my bad, my bad ideas? It's a better segue than most of the time <laughs> I can accomplish. Because, oh, let me try to do a clunky one here. Um, here we go. So at least that idea didn't die as horribly as Thomas and Martha Wayne. Uh, no, because we're looping. Oh, back we're, around. Going, we're going back to that. We got to go back to our, our live challenge. I forgot about that here, uh, that we did last week. So quick recap, Cameron and I last week just tried to, from memory without any help from the internet or any previous research list, every instance of Thomas and Martha Wayne having a, I'm going to call it a death scene or a scene about their deaths mm-hmm. in film and television. So basically the only thing we're excluding are the Arkham games. We had a pretty damn good list. Mm-hmm. Our actual list came in at 14. Cameron guessed that there were 19 total. I yep. guess there were 16 total. We were off. I guess. I, I have the the new list right here. Yeah, whatever. Do you, do you want to try and guess which ones we were off on? Uh, No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so real quick, the ones we missed were superpowers we we mentioned Super friends no it's actually called it's superpowers there's another show called superpowers oh same it's the same art style though i think it's a spinoff probably we made reference Barbera? i think so interesting it's the same look we made reference to it but assumed it wasn't in there it was we got all of the live action movies right we overdid it on the bruce tim universe because we had said nothing to fear and two-face were included and i went back and thomas and martha are in both of those Mm-hmm. but it's more Bruce watching them being disappointed in him, but it's not like the classic scene of the three of them walking down the alleyway and there being a gun. We did get dreams in darkness, right? Which is when they're walking towards the tunnel and yeah. becomes the gun barrel. And that's a really great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were right about strange secrets. That's why we just watched it. You were right that there was one in the justice league. Actually, ha. you were right about that. So it's uh justice limited the episode for the man who has everything. When you, I think you even reference this directly, like when Bruce is hallucinating, when he's like got the, like the star on him or whatever, the starfish, I don't remember what it is. Oh yeah. The the, yeah. Yeah. He's hallucinating of Thomas fighting back, but at a certain point he gets pulled out of it and it ends with him with like a gunshot. With the pearl necklace. Yep. No, there's no, no, pearl no, no, ne- no, 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 no. That's there's that, no that's, necklace, but I'm counting it because it's basically, it's a, it's a scene of his parents dying in essence. So you're yeah. right about that. We missed Gotham Knight. We referenced it and that had one and we forgot about it. But everything else we were right on. Mm-hmm. So the final number came out to hang on one. And we did not I wanted to make this clear. We didn't do every time they show it in the Gotham TV show. No, that'd be exhausting. Because that would add at least how many episodes are there? However many episodes there are. We're in season three now. Add that many to it. Oh my god. No, we, we, we only did one for Gotham, but yeah. that gives a total of one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, so we were we, we two off on the initial write down list. We were pretty close, and I will say that we at least made reference to the ones we also got wrong, so we weren't completely wrong. Yeah, you just you way overshot it with. 19. I was sure we were missing a bunch. Yeah, way overshot it. I I assumed every every list. episode we see Scarecrow. In every iteration that you would see his parents die. Yeah. And as far as I know, they we've gone every instance in the Timverse. We might be surprised at some point, though. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it's it. Like, it so. <laughs> so there are seven more out there we just yep. have missed entirely. Yep. Again, we're not counting the Arkham games. Nope. But uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Give it enough time. There Give it enough more, time. It'll get to 19. Yeah. Wait for uh, the Batman. Eventually it'll come out and that'll probably have them getting killed. They'll probably die again oh, in I'm Justice sure. League. They have Why not? To. What is a live action movie if there's no death scene? I know, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's our quick recap on our live challenge from last week, which uh, then moves us again once not so swiftly. I'm really fucking up these transitions. No, it's here. fine. You don't need them. Fuck it. Whatever. Bat plug. Bat plug. I'm ready this time. <gasps> you I wrote are. it down. Okay. I actually, because I was really struggling on remembering what I watched this week. Sped through series of unfortunate events. Is Loved it good? It. I haven't I watched really any of it, it yet. I need to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Patrick Warburton's in it. He's yeah. the narrator. Yeah, he's Lemmy Snicket. Yeah, I thought, because usually I, I compared it to the movie, mm. the Jim Carrey movie, where Lemmy Snicket just had a very small role. Wasn't it Jude Law? Yes. Right uh, I I thought it was going to be like he was going to be the recap guy. Mm-hmm. So he'd pop up and be like, this is what you missed in a streaming show because you don't really need this anymore. But he, he was a prominent character. I really yeah. enjoyed it. They're really tying him into the storyline, which That's I cool. love. Yeah. Uh, and it's the first four books. Okay. So I a lot of people have been complaining about the pacing of it, but I really enjoy it. It's, it's basically similar to the Justice League setup where every two episodes is a story. Okay. So is it 12 total? Eight? 13 10? books. No, how many episodes oh, of the eight show? episodes okay so it's the first four books okay, so that's it's a reasonable amount mm-hmm. and i was talking to one of my friends about this and they're like yeah they rushed the whole story i'm like no we're just thinking about it because when we read these books or at least when i read these books i was in second grade mm-hmm. i remember them being these long stories it was 200 pages oh okay the first book was like i think 250 pages the last book barely broke 300 oh wow it's like they're they're short reads are they we good just, i've never read them i love them yeah, yeah that was because well, i we brought this up on the podcast multiple times before i didn't read harry potter as a kid so this was my Forever. god damn it chris ever um, just... this was my <laughs> this was my book series that i read okay. growing up because it, you know, it was 1999 through 2006, I want to say. Okay. So, you know, that's when I stopped reading. <laughs> and you've never picked up a book since then. <laughs> well, then I picked up comic books. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed the series, and I'm excited for the next two seasons. I assume they're going to do two more seasons if they keep this pace up. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I finished Avatar last week, so mm. now I'm in Takora, and it's... It's nice. No, I didn't realize what great voice talent was in Korra. Yeah, I, I clearly have. You've never watched it, have you? No, I mean I know that Janet Varney is the main. Yeah, uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. What? Which it took me like six episodes to realize it was him. But he did a lot of voice work, though. Yeah, he's a yellow M M&M. and I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you you wouldn't notice it until the next time you see it, and then you will notice it. I'll definitely look into that. Uh, but yeah, he's Tenzin, who's one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and fuck, I never remember this actor's name, but I love him. He was, um, what was he in? Uh, do you see Pitch Perfect? Yes. Uh, he's one of the, he's the male announcer. Oh, John Michael Higgins? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. He's also been fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if you would get the reference of Fired Up. No, we've talked about Fired Up. I love Fired Up. Me too. I can quote that whole movie. But yeah. He's, Sorry, I'm still blown away by the fact that I was able to pull that out so quickly. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's one of the voice actors and it's, he's great. I'm also surreptitiously making sure that I had that right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's right. I, I think I'm right on that. Um, and also Aubrey Plaza is in it. What? I forgot about that. Yeah, she's, and see, I just started season two or rewatching season two. And yeah, she's Eska. Oh, that's awesome. She's the the love interest. That would have been or one of the love interests. Would have been kind of before this was before Parks and Rec. I mean, that was no, no, she, this was during Parks was on, and Rec. I guess she was on Parks and Rec. Right? Yeah, this was during Parks and Rec. Was it? This I was this Parks came out in 2012. Okay, I forget how old Parks and Rec is. Mm-hmm. She's huge now, but less so back then. Yeah. What do you say? What do you mean? You didn't you don't think Scott Pilgrim just rose her to the A-list? She's great in that. She's so good. Dude, everyone since Scott Pilgrim. I know. I I listened to the soundtrack again last night. And it's, I just a great, wanna, it's a great soundtrack. Wanna, I think I'm going to watch it tonight. I, I do love that movie. It's so good. It's the best video game movie ever made. It is, 100%. Yeah. It's no competition. <laughs> it, not even close. Uh, what are you watching? What are you watching, reading, listening to? I started reading a comic book, The Fade Out, okay. by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. So it's a Hollywood noir storyline. Already down. Yeah. Did you ever see... Um, what was the Coen Brothers movie? Hail Caesar? Yes. So it's kind of like that, but not whimsical. But unlike Hail Caesar, it has an actual plot. 
it's a, it's kind of as you expect. It's like there's a murder mystery. There's like McCarthy's involved, like all these Hollywood starlets and all the subterfuge stuff. It's really good. I'm almost done with the first collected volume. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So I think I'm going to try out the second volume, I think, on Comixology and see how I like. Ooh. Because there's so many comics I want to read right now. Yeah. And I would rather read more of them at a more reasonable price than pay 20 bucks per graphic novel, which is kind of what everything is right now. So I'm going to try it and see how it goes. Yeah, you'll have to let me know. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've been reading. I've been watching a number of other things. My one other bat plug this week is going to be a bit of shameless self-promotion because <laughs> you actually helped out on this. It was a sketch that I directed oh, yeah. a long time ago, uh, the first of at least two, maybe more, called Hear Me Out. This one's about trash cans. And... It's kind of set in this world where very specific things we're used to every day don't exist in that world. And someone's trying to pitch them like a product. So trash cans and clothes and we're trying to figure out other ones. Uh, But I finally got off my ass and got it finished. All right. Mostly thanks to our awesome editor, Eric, who did (laughs) tons of work this last week. And uh, at the time of recording this, it hasn't happened yet. But when this airs, it will have happened. It's going to be played at a variety show. And then we'll put it up on the Senior Ditch Day website. So nice. I will put that in the link. So go check it out. It's kind of dumb, but I'm actually pretty proud of it. And Cameron was there. He helps on it. Yep. Caught the trash. Yeah, you got, you got to you were our, our trash wrangler. And uh, Kelly Nugent, who basically like manages the whole Nerdist School network, she's in it, as is Mass Acevedo, who is on a couple of podcasts on the network. So mm-hmm. there's some like Nerdist talent associated with it. So, yeah. so go check it out. But that's my shameless self-plug for the week no that's great i'm excited to finally see it yeah it's pretty good i'm actually i'm really happy with it so um but i think that that covers it all that basically covers it all since this was half a podcast about robot movies i know yeah hey we 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 stretched it we got it there yeah (laughs) we made it it all it all fit yeah um i think i'm also super these were necessary references opposed to last week when i just like shoehorned them in for no reason but i love i love the shoehorned i mean we we shoehorned a lot of shiloh buff into this episode i got so my my pokemon plug in you got your pokemon fine. and your digimon so we're, we're doing fine on the mm. just like tenuous at best these references yep but uh yeah that wrap things up so we are at tim talk bod on facebook and instagram and twitter and uh, oh, yeah, all the bat plugs, by the way, you can find in the episode description on iTunes. And I also post them to the Facebook page. And I think I'll put up maybe a separate tweet out about them, cool. too. So you can go check those out. Um, I'm at Lordifer. I'm at Cameron Dexter. Cameron.Dexter. Cameron, yeah. <laughs> Eventually you get that. So it just, it's there, that out. there every time. I might just change it. <laughs> it's too late now. You've committed. Probably. Cameron.Dexter. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, go check out Nerd of School as well. So, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.